I'm Alexander Lancaster here at Two Wolf Studio at Artist Den. We're broadcasting in downtown Topeka. We are on Meet the Artist, and I have my guest, a friend of mine, just recently, like over a year ago, met the guy, but has become a really awesome friend. Riley Voth, what are you up to, brother? Got the guitar going. What are you up to, man? Well, I was just playing a little bit of Bruno Mars. Actually, um, Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson wrote this song. Uptown Funk. We are uptown downtown. Funk. I'm an uptown girl living in a downtown world, I guess you might want to say. So. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of cool things have been happening then if you're an uptown girl living in a downtown world because I think that's what that song is all about. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, it's an exciting town and you kind of separate yourself from the suburbs. There's you know, nothing against it, but the arts always congregates to you know, the metropolitan parts of the city. And it's yeah. all, the thing is what people need to realize, and I, of course they do, at least implicitly, is that having entertainment and the arts is what brings business. It brings commerce of its own kind, you know, something specific to an area where you've got like now an arts community, which is building, I would say rapidly, if not aggressively, in Topeka. I'm really excited yeah, to see no, how it's all kind of laying out from, and you know, being from here, I moved back in 2010, and I remember being in Noto just looking at the city like, gosh, this has... Local arts district, yeah. Yeah, this has the opportunity to be truly like an arts mecca. It's right in the heartland, you know? Yeah. And so that's what I have observed in the last just few months of being back here. So, I, and I mean that with all my heart, so... You got a guitar in your hand, you play, you play music. I mean, I wouldn't even say that you play guitar only because you definitely are all over the board, but your focus is on music and songwriting. Is that correct? Not really songwriting so much. I mean, like, I've got a few projects I'm working on, but most of it, they're just, you know, we're doing covers. I've got a couple of gypsy jazz groups I play with in Kansas City, and so we, I, I might do a song or two from that kind of genre. But right now, I'm not really working on my own music so much. That's kind of on pause. Yeah. It's like, huh, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. time for that stuff right now. So we're kind of working on just like uh, railroad tracks, laying mm-hmm. some infrastructure stuff for yeah. other artists in, you know, in the mix as well, and kids too, so. Yeah, the, I, mean, I met you, the first time I met you, you were, we were both at the Arts Connect building over in Noto Arts District, mm-hmm. uh, getting the information about a grant. And yes, sir. That was the first time I met you, and you had this awesome plan to help get um, instruments into kids' hands and help get them some teachers and try to help all the, the ways that it's like, wh- how it's important, uh, you know, our youth is going to carry on the arts that we're building. We're doing a great job right now, but we need to keep that stuff going. Of course. You know, um, tell us a little bit about, like, what your year has been since since the time I met you. Sure. Well, to dial it back a second before that, I, I take no credit for the concept of, um, you know, what I'm eventually going to be calling CODA Foundation. Yeah. So, caring for others by delivering the arts. CODA. I love it, yeah. And... This started as a conversation with my friend in Kansas City, August 2019, and she'd you know been through some really pretty terrible childhood traumas and was put in foster care when she's 14. But had like a clarinet that was, lo- you know, she got in fifth grade that she loved playing and that was lost or stolen in that process. So like just seeing like how crushing that was to not have like one thing that she loved to do. 
And then observing through so many different musicians how many extra pieces of equipment or something that's just never, ever, ever going to be used. It would be bequeathed mm -hmm. before it's being used, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, gosh, yeah, guilty as charged. And so we started building this concept of getting a, an instrument exchange program. And come to find out, there are a ton of organizations doing very similar things like that. I mean, yeah, there's... but there's not one here in Topeka, is there? Uh, well... There are some efforts, like Jam for Dan is one that... Well, yeah, they, they definitely help with the scholarships for exactly, teaching and... For sure. And, and, and so this opportunity, you know, uh, forwarding faster, I guess we might say. Jam for Dan. Um, and, and yeah, and I've been working with multiple of the members from Jam for Dan kind of over the last year or so on developing, developing this. Great I'll hit you up of, soon. Great group of people. Daniel well, and, and Joel, of course. People. Really, I mean... 100%. It's like a, one of the best events that I know because of the goal behind it. Exactly. 100% really non-for-profit, really supporting local downtown businesses and our local arts. And it's a blast. And, so, yeah, yeah, I've gone awesome. for a long I've played a few of them with uh, you know, some bands, and it's always a great time. You guys are... Right now, we, awesome, uh, we didn't but, have so, Jam for Dan this year. Well, of course. Um, you know, you know uh, events, uh, big events definitely wasn't taking place over this past year. But we have an event planned for this weekend coming up. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. You've been working on this. Um, you haven't, you know, we kind of didn't know, you know, whether or not events would be able to take place until we decided just to go ahead and do it. Troy well, Manchi is the, is, the, is the brainchild behind this event over at Truck Hinge with Ron Lesman. He's an awesome dude. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what's going well, on there, man. I, I would say I got drafted into the process. I'd met That is how it I'd works. I met usually. Troy maybe a, a few weeks before that and we just got along great and um, you know, yeah. shared a, a very similar vision in a lot of different ways. So he tagged me and my one of my buddies in Lawrence like, "We're going to do this." And I'm like, "Okay. <laughs> I guess we are." And for the first like little bit, maybe week or so, like, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do?" I like trying to find bands, but that all came together really quickly, and Troy's just made it very stress-free. It's been kind of surprising in that regard, but, you know, we've got a lot of volunteer effort around the whole thing. Um, you know, Absolutely. We've got sound in part by Alexander and Tubal is going to be borrowing some there. I've got my sound system, so it's just really an effort that shows once we lay out what we can do and show, you know, there's no reason we couldn't hold festivals like at least shows out there pretty frequently, you know, as a legitimate venue. And the fact that it's so open, I mean, we're yeah. confident that we'll be able to do a socially distanced fest. Sure. Of course, you're going to encourage mask wearing, you know, unless you're Take in your sphere. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we're not blind to that. We're not wanting to do some sort of super spreader event, however. But, yeah, but we know, are outside. That helps a lot. Yeah, and it's such a vast space. And I know people will be able to, you know, yeah. entertain themselves and be in a state of perpetual enjoyment. Uh, I don't know, what, five or six acres there? I don't know how, how many. It's exactly. way more. Than, it's, 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 like, it's like a, it's quite a few more. I don't want to quote it exactly, but I know it's quite a bit more. So, Bunch of bunch of land there. Maybe the lake is like five acres big. Maybe that's it's what it is. It's a big one. Yeah. It's, but you got the lake, you got all this area. Um, I was there last year. I camped out for, um, I think, two nights. And then one of the best sights is whenever they burned the side of the, mm. the lake. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was so cool. 
they always have such a cool experience. Uh, Ron and Thomas, Abby out there, they they always like really get involved in those kind of things. They love it. They love well, the and the peacocks running the whole thing. So yes, you know I. Um, it my neighbor, sounds like a party just because the peacock screaming. Woo! I, I'll give you one in a second. I won't give it straight to the mic because that'll be maybe violent to some ears. <laughs> but my, I lived in an apartment in KC in Midtown uh, you know, some years back. And our neighbors had some sort of exotic bird. I never saw it once, but I would just hear this, ah! <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is that? It's so like, yep, my first instinct was looking up on, you know, Google or YouTube, what does a peacock sound? Peacock shriek. And that was it. So I know how to yeah. do a peacock all right. I'm not <laughs> trying to call them over me because they're, as far as I understand. So give us a, a little, little bit aggressive. of uh, information about the bands that are going to be playing. Well, we have a complete, completely dynamic lineup. I mean, we have anywhere from acoustic solo duet stuff to metal bands and a lot of um, DJs. all of these groups i've never heard personally so i'm really excited to see some of the things especially from like the metal community in topeka which i know has oh, been yeah, like yeah, yeah. a pretty brutal one for a Tim long time i just band's gonna be out there. yeah yeah exactly mm, um yeah. and fun. so i'm i need to get him details asap about uh, our house drum set so we're planning on having a back line of as many instruments as we can just to make it easy for people. I've had, I'm gonna have my Fender Vibro King that I got from a wonderful Cleveland Blue here in town. Nice. Uh, always check out his Facebook. If he, He's popping videos up there all the time. Yeah. I'll listen to him while I'm like going on walks and stuff, just doing some solo guitar jamming. It's like, yes, Cleveland, getting it down. One of my favorite blues players for sure is like here in town, I guess. And he's a, he's an even cooler hang, I'd say. So, right on, man. He actually gave us a guitar. He gave uh, he gave us a yeah, it was a Stratocaster, like a Squire Stratocaster, and gave it to a kid who loved it. So, had an incredible amount of support. There's a gentleman in town um, that ended up giving me like 30 instruments that we uh, ended up donating to this organization in Kansas City called Harmony Project KC. And so it's a youth orchestra. And last I checked, this is over a year ago, they were working with like over 250 kids in the nice. Northeast side. Um, you know, deeply discounted instruction and access to you know, classical music through an orchestra setting. And so ultimately what I wanna help do is create at least a bridging between organizations like that that already exist here because yeah. we've got, you know, multiple organizations through the university. We got Blue Society, we got Jazz Ambassador, you know, all this all of these different organizations. So it's just kind of a matter of banding together and then getting that, especially to kids that just would never even think for that to be an opportunity, you know. Yeah, no, that's a great idea, for sure. So um so the instrument exchange, I understood, you know, immediately that we needed to have an educational component because it's like, all right, Oprah gave us all a bunch of cars, but I live in Chicago, and, like, I don't want to pay taxes for this, you know? It's like, I don't even yeah, know yeah. how to drive. Like, thanks. Okay. So, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we know exactly what funds will go into, and um, we've been working with Ross Elementary, and, um, you know, they're connected to Eisenhower with a lovely Tina Goodrick, one of my friends. I, we actually ended up going to high school together. I knew her brother um, better, you know, he was... 
about a year older. So where'd you go to high school at? Topeka West. Right. Topeka West 06. Chargers. There you go. <laughs> I feel like my class is pretty all right. After yeah. that, who knows? Step it up, Wes. Come on. Come on, guys. How long have you been working with your music, man? Well, I uh, started just playing piano in third grade. Just never really took to it. And I've come to learn that I am like an auditory learner and, you know, the visual stuff. Uh-huh. And I just, I just never really connected with the piano. It's like you go into lessons, and on some level, as a kid, you feel like this is a responsibility that, you know, you have to have. And it came down to my parents, like, if we're not going to practice. We're not going to pay for lessons. I'm like, I can quit? Yes! All right. So, like, no thanks. But I wanted to play video games and, like, do paintball and skateboard with my buds. And so I wasn't ready for music yet, but I, start, I was in choir my eighth grade year and then did that my freshman year under uh, Nancy Epic, who's just, she was the best. Rest her wonderful soul. Um, and then the summer after my freshman year, I was hanging out with my buddy. I won't say his name, it doesn't matter. He's great though. And he played guitar, played drums, played in a couple bands, so I was always around this that summer. And then his dad had a drum set that he pulled from the attic. And I was looking at his couch, he had like this junker classical guitar that didn't have frets, so he used like whiteout. For, it was just messy, you know, but it made sense. It worked. And you pick up a guitar and you can't do literally anything, you know. You know, like with a harmonica, if you can breathe, you can do a couple oh, yeah. of things. You can't do anything with the guitar. Right. But I sat at the drum set and was like, he showed me, you know, just which you could teach somebody pretty quickly. But that was like the first time I actually created music that wasn't something that was being translated from a page. So that was like, kind of planted this seed. Audio, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I was like, man, I wanna just sing for the talent show. And I was secretly falling in love with Nirvana at that time. I was like, I don't know, maybe we could do Smells Like Teen Spirit. Seems like everybody would know it, you know? It's like, I just really wanted to do it, so. You know, go figure some 15-year-old angsty guy wanting to do Smells Like Teen Spirit at the talent show, like in what, 2003, you know, two maybe? <laughs> Yeah. So, a few years too late, but... So what are some of your influences when it comes to music? Well, originally, Nirvana, for sure. Like, mm -hmm. And so, I got some guys together, I was just going to sing, and we listened to the song, and like, over the guitar solo, and whatever, you know, there's a rhythm guitar track. So that's what they taught me, is the power chord, you know? That's, that's what I learned, and my buddy was like, you know, maybe you put focus more on the lyrics for, for this instead of the guitar. I was like, eh. <laughs> well, it was ultimately my voice that probably led us to not getting into the talent show because I was so like, it was like beyond my range. You know, said, so I'm like just shrieking up here. My vocal teacher's comment the next day was like, ooh, your voice must be really sore. We did not get in. And yeah. so that just kind of inspired <laughs> this, like, Let's get it, boys. really sore. Let's get it, boys. That was the best way to tell you it didn't work out. Yeah, you blew it. You blew it. Also, we were sharing an amp, and when I came in, my guitar was so much louder than his. It was just, I wish I had video of that, because I would love to show that. Who would want to see that? But maybe my wife. I think she'd like to see that. That'd be funny. So you're married to, you just mentioned your wife. Yes, got married. June 6th, we figured D-Day was a perfect way to commemorate you know, what we imagine to be a, 
explosive relationship, wonderful, and, a, and an emancipation from pain and suffering. So, um, yeah, you're, living, you're living in Kansas City now, or that's right, yeah. But you, yeah, but you're, I come. You're very frequent to Topeka. I always appreciate you coming around here and well, help, helping out on the jams and stuff. It's yeah, pretty man. awesome. Well, I've been trying to come into town, ideally, three times a month or so, because there's just a lot of stuff to get done here. I want to do guard duty in town, like have one weekend where you know I'm in Kansas City or in sorry in Topeka. Yeah, yeah. Guard duty, you know, take care of the troops. Yes. But, but there's you know a lot of great stuff developing, and um, I've been working with Tina Goodrick on this program at Ross, and essentially it's going to be a, an after-school program outlining different instrument classes, different genres, um, through grades being kind of separated from class. You know, we're gonna start with percussion, then go to strings, you know, guitar, ukulele to start, and then move through that to um, woodwinds, then brass, or I guess keyboards in there as well. And then the fifth graders will be doing like electronic recording, culminating in putting them together in like modern bands in middle school. So actually formulating groups based on, you know, what instrument a kid ostensibly would want to play, you know, so we're at least estimating some of those kids will want to grow into that. Um, so we're putting a pilot program together at Ross and, you know, ultimately my goal is going to be to move that, that to other schools. School? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, Ross and Eisenhower. And so then my goal after you know, developing it for you know, at least some portion of time, making sure that we can get it dialed in, you know, then extract that and take it to other area schools for sure and, um, you know, just try to build that out. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. So that's that just got started this year? That just got started this year? Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea got kick-started really August 2019. I mean, since then, there's been... So many different avenues, um, but we are linked up with, with a gal in Nashville who ultimately, her goal is going to be contacting manufacturers to get, you know, at the very least, wholesale deals on instruments so that we can have our own collection that will unburden the responsibility for, like, schools. You know, we can loan them out to kids, essentially. That's pretty cool, yeah. Because, you know, it's just tough when you're, if you're trying to transport instruments between schools, it becomes a nightmare. So we figure we'll make it easy for everybody. And so right now, working within Ross, my goal is to just measure kind of what are the operational realities of this, how many people we need. Not more than probably three at a time per segment, but, you know, if you multiply it against ten different schools, you got some, some numbers. So we're just trying to dial that in, like, with this one individual school. So With the, you know... The, the, if you're focused, you have a lot of focus on helping the youth get instruments in their hand, helping them learn, helping them build it. It's all for the future. It's not always like easy to be in the arts in a way. I mean, Ooh. especially for a young kid, you know. Sure, sure. Um, sometimes, you know, that's kind of the geek side of, the, of, of a kid's world. Do you have any response yeah, to that, man? Absolutely. It's so true, but I think that gets bred into kids at a kind of a young age too because you look we're all playing in the mud drawing stuff you know mm -hmm. we're all just a bunch of little animals and then somehow some group of people decided they'd bully on some kid that wants to dance i mean yeah, for instance yeah. my friend i was saying this earlier my friend's son did ballet in kansas city and just absolutely loved it and he was really embraced because there were just very few males in you know the young ballet scene 
And so the Casey Starr did an expose on him, and he was really excited about it, but the other students, you know, in his class, they read this, laughed at him, you know, called him any kind of unimaginable term, especially like what, a 12 year old who's just excited right. about yeah, what he's doing. Yeah. Like that's, that's part yeah, of my yeah. French, but that's quite fucked up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's up, absolutely, sure. you know, but the, like we had to examine what are the realities that we're teaching kids this stuff? Cause the 12 year old doesn't have any original thoughts. You maybe know, maybe yeah. some sort of like club footed, like Egyptian king that maybe he'd have an original thought, at least in the minds of his subservient somehow, but I don't know. I don't trust a 12 year old ever <laughs> until otherwise proven. But, but it's just like that level of bullying comes that? from so it must come of, from the parents. Or? Well, it's, and the, and the parents and the culture around it. Culture. And so, but I think a lot of that stuff is getting just like exploded apart. So, I mean, like just so pure expression of self, I think is the most crucial thing. So for a, a message for the parents, you know, to help curb that kind of bring your kids up right to where they have an appreciation for art and they don't think that just because this kid's doing ballet, you know, they mm. don't want to call them names and all this stuff, you know, just because they don't approve of that art. We need to well, figure out that part for sure, right? Yeah, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing for parents, you know, because they only see a tiny bit of it anyway. And especially once kids are in their middle school on years, there's like this adversarial relationship to their parents anyway just naturally so mm-hmm. you know what can they actually do but I mean what we can do is just from a young age just demonstrate to people it's like yo you know you can dance while you're playing basketball and you'll be the funniest most awesome dude there and if you study ballet you're gonna do do around all of your opponent opponents you know there's a reason they have NFL teams like you know have their players do ballet because the musculature that you build with that, I mean, look at the people who are the most. Ready. So you're saying you're fighters saying, and dancers. You're saying like uh, all the arts is Courage actually it. part of part of the the, the physical sport of things mm-hmm. too. Well, like, listen to this. You know, uh, helter skelter. You may be a lover, but you ain't no dancer. You know, and I do know that a person that dances freely. That person has a level of freedom and levity that a person that's just like standing in the corner won't do because that kid was shamed for not doing it somehow. Maybe you can teach the love of dance and just high fives early on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because you don't want to lose that. Most kids, most babies, you know, toddlers, they love dancing and giving high fives <laughs> and being, very, you know. But, you well, know, there crazy, is sometimes, man. you know, you see, you see personality traits come out genetically and. Well, I am or, starting an underground uh, band of bully busters. We're going to have a show. We're going to be undercover. We're yeah. going to be watching. Because, you know, it's like it's not hard to find out who the bullies are. Just ask a couple kids, hey, who's the biggest punk and who's he torturing? Yep. And uh, then maybe we'll have a conversation with the parents first. Yep. You know, just a kind one. Just a warning shot. And then, you know, it's just going to be hand-to-hand combat. You know. <laughs> we'll alert the authorities. We'll tell them it's just a show, you know. But we're going to rough them up a little bit. Well, if I could, that would be great, but I don't know. So what, I, what other kind of things you've been working on, brother? You, 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 like, I know you have the energy that I used to have, but I wish I still had. Mm. Uh, you got the commandos going. It's kind of a, a private <laughs> thing, group uh, we're of building it. awesome Friends You're right. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just the coolest uh, people I knew. Fun. I just but added dude, you like there. to have a lot of fun. So tell us a little sure. bit about some of your other fun stuff you're doing. Well, I've got a few pages that I built up, and 
I'm building it specifically here in Topeka. You know, I live in Kansas City, but it's like, look, I've got a lot of roots here. And yeah. it's, it's just there's such a community around anything. Kansas City is like, oh, it's just huge. It's so sprawling. How do you – you have to have a group of, like, committed players in some game to, you know, put something together. And so, like, I started uh, – I think the first one was the Topeka Nerf Army. So I've got a page. Shout out to all y'all nerfers here. And, I mean, I started a lot of these back in the, the dead of winter, so it was really cold. So I couldn't really put anything together, but I'm at least just, like, putting out some feelers, getting uh, in contact with people that have Nerf guns. Like, Jenny <laughs> Torrance from Serendipity, I talked to her yeah. a few days ago, maybe. She bought this little, She's like, this, oh, I love Jenny. Yeah, absolutely. Jenny, only hugs and kisses to you. But, um, so she got this little pink, like, Knock off Nerf gun, like my little pony looking thing. She, she posted on the page, like, how about this? I'm like, absolutely. You know, she doesn't need one with 100 balls because, I mean, the Godfather only had to, what, take out one dude ever. So, Jenny, I told her she'll have her little, I told you, it's like, you just consider me a little underling, whatever you need. But um, I got a buddy, he's got two of these enormous ones, like 100 round mags, just like full auto. So I've got two in my car right now. So where, are the, where is this going to, is there going to well, be a I'm big going to, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, oh yeah, right, I haven't got to it. Truck hinge, uh, 423 through 425. The 25 will be pretty much whatever kind of runoff we have of remnants of consciousness i suppose so on sunday or something yeah yeah no it'll be probably all the whole time you know be a nerf pretty much situation. yeah it, at least saturday for sure i think will be right. sanctioned i imagine you know maybe we'll have to blow a whistle and be like guys okay we're done we're done like, stop hitting we were done like 35 minutes stop ago. hitting me <laughs> we get it man in the bushes you're sneaky okay like, <laughs> we get it the guy with all the bush, yeah, right. bush coverings on hey that's me man i have a ghillie suit i i'm not sure where it is right now i'm not sure how you sounds kind of silly to lose a ghillie suit but that's not something <laughs> not if you lose it in the woods well yeah yeah don't 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 leave it there i would do that my yeah, i do have yeah, people that would attest to that for sure but um, need to find the ghillie suit for sure. So that was kind of stage one was the, the Nerf Army. I have another one that's not just Topeka-based. It's called the Bat Cauldron International. Yes. And the Bat Cauldron, that was just an idea of like, my. I have some thoughts on Batman. And first of all, Batman, I mean, he is a solution in his mind to a problem that ultimately his class of people have the opportunity to fix. You know, if you look at the Joker story, like what? He's just trying to be a clown. He's trying to be a comedian and he's trying to get some reasonable health care. He can't get any of it, you know, and he starts losing it and losing it. And now we see what happens when an artist, when he can't pursue like his essence his you know yeah. designed path same thing with hitler i mean people go to hitler all the time but if you look at the motivations he was tortured by his father basically couldn't be himself wanted to be an artist his dad was like horrified by this idea so he ends up ditching his studies doesn't get into art school but they say it's like well you know you'd be well versed for like architecture engineering but you know he was so just distraught by the whole thing and then look what happens you know this person just lives with pure resentment so because he couldn't be himself exactly so the joker look what happens with him mm -hmm. creates this this it's hate 
functioning on hate and fear. You know, and so Batman is basically, you know, Wayne Enterprise, if you think about it, is also a arms manufacturing company. So immediately, oh, this like, you know, this philanthropic family, okay, it's just keeping us in perpetual war, you know, then being looked at like heroes because you put some miniature library in like, I don't know, (laughs) Afghanistan or something like that. Good for you, you know, good photo shoot there. But... So anyway, though, Batman also is a very lonely person. So he's like going it alone with just a bunch of stupid equipment. It's like, what's the, what's the impetus for all this crime, Batman? It's not just shooting criminals. Well, I guess he just beats them up. He doesn't shoot them. He's got a code of conduct, which, you know, that's a separate conversation, I guess. The, the League of Shadows. Maybe, maybe you should have listened a little bit better, but... Um, yeah. So I anyway, mean, Batman but the has line. a great quote too. He says, yes. "I protect. I, I wear my mask to protect others." Exactly. And so, so we have to do that too. So the thing is, Batman needs friends, though. You know, even though he's like, you know, privileged beyond belief, and it's like, look, Batman, if you just took the long route, built a bunch of like foundations, made sure that your city had like reasonable health care, and people could at least move beyond the first hierarchy of need to where they can at least breathe and maybe have time to throw a frisbee at their kid like, you know, once. So, come yeah. on. We can all help right. out a little bit. But Batman needs friends because one bat, if I don't know if you've ever had one in your house, it's kind of like, ooh, spooky. And then you get a broom, try to get it out or something. But if you have like 500 bats at your dinner party, the conversation is only going to be about the bats and getting out of the house <laughs> as quickly as possible, you know? Okay, for right. quite some time, too. So... Batman needs people. He needs friends. So the Bat Cauldron International is the full page of people that I'm encouraging to just dress up like weirdos and superheroes. Uh, any kind. Make up your own. I've got a few histrionic character personalities yeah. that I probably will be um, coming in as interviews at different yes. points in the future. I may never come back as Riley Both. That person might just be excised and gone after, <laughs> after this exclusive interview. <laughs> I got the exclusive. Right on, man. Uh, this Speaking of, uh, you know, getting out and throwing a frisbee with your kids, mm-hmm. is our 420 event, is that 18 and above? It's 18 event? and up, yes. Okay, it's 18 and up. So. make sure. It's and not a family event. It's, uh, no, but one thing, um, you know, talking about doing the future, for sure, are having, you know, plenty of more festivals at Truck Hinge with different concepts as well. And certain things that would absolutely be family friendly, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we could split a day that would be... Adult Swim only after this time or something. Who knows? We'll have. Yeah. But there's just so many opportunities over there. So let's 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 uh, try to get some of the better idea. When people think about 420, they obviously think about marijuana. So it's also Hitler's. Not, we're, it's we're, also we're, Hitler's birthday. I don't know how we came upon that number. I always bring it back I to the Nazis. That, but, but it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, he yeah, was, he was just absolutely. a turd, you know, obviously, but, you know. But, but okay, so the event's on 423, so fuck Hitler. Um, so, you know, uh, on that. It's so not, 420, we're not, so we're just, talking about the cannabis orientation. We're not just, of, like, we're not trying to promote illegal smoking. Of course we're not. not. That's not what we're doing. But we are promoting and uh, celebrating some of the challenges and some of the progress that we've been able to receive and be able to do over the past few years when it comes to legalization of marijuana, um, you know, the um, just all the different things that medical marijuana and all this stuff. We're getting a little closer in Kansas. We're not 
we're not gonna we're not gonna be Colorado for a long time, or we're not gonna be like Colorado for a long time, or California, because of uh, I, I I mean I'm just predicting that. But what we are doing is celebrating some of our achievements, and that is definitely something to celebrate, yeah. Certainly. Well, now I think we do also have to look at the opportunity we have in Kansas in terms of the legalization effort, which at some point, undoubtedly, you know, we are going to have full recreational medical or full recreational legalization nationwide at some point in whatever future, but Mm -hmm. sooner than later. But we have to be honest about the division of the recreational side and the medical side. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a catch-22 because here we don't necessarily have all of the evidence and research we need to determine like, okay, this cannabinoid, cannabinoid, whatever you say is appropriate for this and this and this and this versus, you know, some sort of gummy that you get at a dispensary that, you know, may or may not have levels of contamination. And there have been many, like, huge examples of contamination found. So I think the advantage we have here, being one of the final states legalizing it, to where our medical program has the time to research the substances, knows that it's like, hey, you can have something, maybe 1% THC, you're completely, like, un... uh, Let's see. You are not stoned out of your gourd, I guess you'd right, say. Yeah, yeah. And you can function much better with like a lack of anxiety or this, that, or the other, you know. But the distinction of, okay, you can have CBD with only 0.3 THC. It's like, who made this determination? This is crazy. This is pointless. And But, you know, we do, again, have the opportunity to learn from other states' successes, from their failures. And so... Though it seems like terribly frustrating, I, I can imagine there are advantages for us being one of the final ones. Is to really look into the issue as yeah, yeah. as like what, how can we benefit the most from this? Yeah. You know, yeah, they don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can learn from their mistakes or their their issues, mm-hmm. and then and then go from there. So I mean, yeah, definitely, there's some advantages from being last. It's not you know, fun, uh, right? Though. The last will be first. <laughs> first will be last. You know, make sure yeah. inherit the earth, but. And beyond just the consumable side of, like, cannabis, hemp, I think, is such a bigger issue even than, like, the consumable parts of cannabis because of the just utter dynamics that the hemp plant has to offer. I mean, you can build, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, hempcrete. It's a building material. Uh, It's bio, like, bio-negative. It actually traps... CO2 in because it's biomass and like considering the production, you know, uh, emissions and all of that, even considering like transportation, it still is carbon negative. Like, so, uh, that you've got biodegradable plastics, you can make nutritional things out of the seeds. It's, you know, so it's like the industrial capabilities of hemp, I believe is going to fundamentally turn this area into one of the biggest producers of a cash crop in the world truly yeah, yeah. it's like Kansas you know what sorry definitely be suck that. a dick corn like this is right sorry <laughs> like right and, and so and, go ahead i'm sorry well so the the ability for us to become this massive producer for the world think of like the business yeah, no, that, that will bring in and the opportunity yeah. you know one of my goals is to <laughs> work with and I, I know a number of people in the cannabis and like hemp industry and working with them to try to impart fund some like 
gestures for artists for you know these programs for kids but not just kids but also artists as well because like what do we need we need housing we need food and water and mm-hmm. we need time mm-hmm. to be able to just like be free to explore that stuff but mm-hmm. it's not like and I don't yeah. know there are so many jobs that we can also offer too so yeah. but being flexible as an artist where it's like you're not just like stuck in some mind-numbing job in which you don't have time to create yeah, man. A lot of times I see, you know, like in different states, the the tax monies that come from uh, cannabis or marijuana, whatever you want to call it, mm. uh, they usually are focused towards education. They're usually focused towards the arts programs, the music programs in our schools and stuff. You know, that's to me, that's like what we definitely need here. In, in yeah, Kansas. the tax, it has to be it has to be cleverly crafted for sure. You know, Um and I don't know enough about the other states' experiences, but I mean, of course, there's going to be a social cost with things. But I think reorient the way, reorienting the way that we think about addiction is going to be as crucial as anything because it's like you don't just show up to the table, you know, yeah. with a fucking needle in your arm. Sorry, right. there's a lot of stages that go into that. But I've seen some very respectable people get taken down by some pretty hardcore calamities. You know, you never mm-hmm. know where it's going to come from, and so. Yeah. I think it's as much of preparing our society just from things that have destroyed ourselves, you know, yeah. to kind of take that burden away. Yeah, you know, the 420 event, it's definitely, you know, the first thing, you know, you kind of think about first and foremost is the the marijuana, the celebration of the process of and the progress of marijuana laws and marijuana. But that's not our main focus when we go out there. We have... We I have haven't thought about vendors. it once. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've we just, have art I've vendors. Doing... We have music. I mean, we have a good environment for people to come out and just really feel a good vibe. I mean, it's it's really a, a great place. When we was mm-hmm. out there at the meeting, it was just like, this is the best kind wow, of meeting Wow, dude, I got ever, some magical you know? pictures of you. It looks like you're glowing <laughs> in it. It's hilarious. I was glowing because I felt like you were, it, was it was in a good place. Absolutely. You know? Well, I, th- I feel like... You know, it's certainly been an introduction to me. I've known about the place for a long time, but I think, I think this is an opportunity to be an introduction to the city. Yeah, as it is its own art, art installation. You know, so why yeah. not use that huge space to represent a bunch of us yeah. all together? You know, and do it a few times a year for so sure. So, is there a way for vendors to still get involved, or is it too late? Um, take a look at the Facebook page, drop us a message, but I think... Facebook page would be, would it be the event it's page? It's the 420 Truck Hinge, yeah, maybe we could drop so a link or something page. on there. Yeah. I'll also share that on, um, on KSEFDB Radio. Certainly. Website, Facebook, and then you could also check out Two Wolf Studio on Facebook and you know, yeah. have some information for it. So there still might be some time if anybody would like to get involved and bring their art out and set up. A, bring your own beer, maybe. You know, yeah. I'll bring oh, some of my own. Every, I, I'm pretty sure it's all BYOB. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. This is a whole BYOB. There's not look. Be if I'm place. running out of cash, I might try to sell your beer too. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Don't need Johnny Law on me here. No, yeah. There's not going to be any place to buy liquor or anything, but you're welcome to bring in coolers and and you know try to avoid glass as much as possible yes totally uh uh, we have recycling out there for cans uh trying to be like the boy scouts you know like we're Uh, i'll be on a cleanup crew but the more we do to just keep it like 
yeah. reasonably clean. It's not that hard, people. Yeah. Come on, be clean. Ultimately, please. it is an art park, so let's not trash an art park, man. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, think so. of how you would go to an actual art gallery, and if you would just yeah. dump out a wet, you know, yeah. beer, just... Bag of trash with hot beer water coming out of it. You know, just drop that in the corner. You know, maybe not. Well, brother, it looks like it's going to be a fun event. I'm looking forward to it. I hope that the listeners come out and check it out. We have, uh, you come out there. It's at Truck Hinge. (sighs) Truck Hinge. News to me. you come out there. When you pay your fee, you're able to fish, too. And so you could bring a fishing pole if you want for mm-hmm. that time and listen to some you great gotta, music. You got to pay the troll time. toll, though. You, yeah, you might so, see a troll. So there is a, a fee to enter. And $10. Come on, $10. $10 Any, per person? As far as I know. Okay, $10 per person. Come out there. Help support. I've been pretty sure all the money, we're all volunteering. A lot of us are volunteering. So a lot of the money is going to help support this art park. And this art place is nationally known. It really is pretty awesome. A lot of people know about Truck Hinge, and they come into Topeka, and they visit it. So help support what we are doing awesome in Topeka with the focus on art. Can I sing you a song? Yeah, dude. It's about reefing. Yeah. It's an oldie. It's an oldie. We'll do that. And I'm going to say thanks so much for being here, brother. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're all going to see you on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this weekend. Yes, you will. 23rd, 24th, and 25th. In rare form, I can assure that for sure. Right. Go ahead. I'm Alexander Lancaster here at Two Wolf Studio and Artist Den with my dude, Riley Voth. He's going to take us out with this song. Talk about reefer five feet long, mighty mess but not too strong. You'll get high but not for long if you's a vapor. Now I'm the king of everything. Gotta get high before I can swing. Light a tea and let it be. If you's a vapor, now your throat get dry. You know you're high. Everything is dandy. A truck on down to the candy store. I bought your come going to peppermint candy. Now you know your body spin. Don't give a dirt if you don't pay the ring. Oh, the sky is high and so am I. If you's a viper. Yes, thank you. All right. Mr. Riley Boss, one minute songs for you. Check him out at Truck Hinge this weekend. I'll be be playing with the American Eagles. We're going to do America Pro songs because I believe in America. You know, certain past things, you know, withstanding, but I believe in the the, the vision and the potential, that's for sure. So we're going to build a new one. There's some really cool stuff that's going to be happening. So come on out there and join us. Um, uh, Once again, we're here at Two Wolf Studio in Artist Den, downtown for KSEF, and that's been my time. Thank you so much. Cheers.